proudest day and the proudest time and the seat of a relic here because that day and that hour and those minutes I got the butt between my teeth you know I really stood up and was counted and said this is not getting away I remember when we pulled on our helmets and, and, and Donald says to me what are we doing I said we're going for gold Barrett that's all we said I can still picture that run that was just the best best run ever Crunching gears. Let's talk rallying. Episode 16. We keep saying this, we keep you know saying we're not going to be as many guests on, but once again, <laughs> I think we've exceeded our quota again this time. So, first of all, I'd like to welcome along Connor Edwards. Connor, you're very welcome. Kevin, thank you. Great to be back. And I can't believe now we're up to episode 16, but yeah. there you go. Yep, yep. Uh this episode we look back at Portugal. We catch up with Aaron Johnson, Josh McGrain, and John Armstrong. Uh, we also look back at the Maiden City stages, where I caught up with uh, the top three overall, and the top two, two-wheel drive, I caught up with them at the back at the Park Firma. And later on in the show, we catch up with Marion Evans, who helps us look forward to round two of the BRC, the Jim Clark Rally. And then we finish up uh, with a deja vu uh, interview with Sean Moriarty and Beatty Crawford. So we have a jam-packed show. <laughs> I keep saying it, but this is getting ridiculous. Uh, but first of all, Connor, you caught up with Aaron Johnson. And let's hear what his thoughts on Portugal. So, Aaron, congratulations. Fourth place on Rally Portugal. How was the event for you? Yeah, thank you, Connor. It was a really strong weekend for us. I think probably the strongest one we've had so far. So far. Okay. We finished fourth in Sweden as well, but uh, this time in Portugal, we were much closer to the front and we were fighting for stage wins the whole weekend. Uh, okay, we didn't manage to get any wins and, and Josh McGarlean did in the, in the R5 car, so this was nice for him. Him and James, they're, they're good friends of mine, so congrats on that. But yeah, our weekend, look, there is a little bit of disappointment and, and frustration, I think that's uh, fair to say when we reached the finish line in FAF, there, there were a few tears, but uh, you know, in the grand scheme of things and overall, we have to be very, very happy with our weekend and the you know, performance we showed with our own abilities and, and the abilities of the car. So. But to only be 2.2 seconds away from my first podium and, and tack a second based purely on speed, it was uh, it was a little bit tough uh, on Sunday. But look, we move on. You had a fairly solid, you know, steady start on 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 what do you call it on the first uh, on on the first full day really on the Friday. Mm. You climbed the leaderboard up to fourth. I know feedback from some of the crews were you know the conditions were fairly rough out there at times as well as the heat. Um, then on Saturday, what do you call it? You moved, you know, that, that really was the, the battle between you and, 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 and Danny um, in the Hyundai. And I think it was an inspired tyre choice maybe that also helped you, you, you know, I think you put uh, hards in the front and softs in the rear. Is that right for one of the stages? 
Uh, we anytime that we did this, we always crossed. We never used on the same axle. But uh, yeah, Friday was a good day. It uh, we we showed our speed again, and we were sixth on the road, so we were sort of in the middle of the pack. Obviously, Cali was first, and then you had the likes of Elfin, who was quite close to the rear, along with Danny. And for sure, the few seconds that Danny grabbed off us because of the road cleaning on Friday at the finish were were inevitable to the the result. But okay, that's the regulations of the championship, and and it's part of the game. But uh, for us, the biggest issue all weekend was, I think, stage five on on Friday. We had a spin, just silly little mistake, came down maybe 10 kilometers an hour too fast and hooked the car in on the inside of the corner to make the apex. And unfortunately, it just snapped and uh, we dropped between, I guess, 25, 30 seconds here because we had to do a three-point turn. But Apart from that, it was the only real time loss that we induced all weekend, apart from, like you say, the the Portugal or the Porto street stage on, on Saturday evening. Uh, look, it was again a situation that was out of our control. There, the weather came in at the seafront and with every passing car, it, it was drying and, and Danny was eight minutes behind us on the road and these eight minutes were crucial and the two cars between us to to dry the road and that meant that he took 8.9 seconds out of us and and at the finish yeah it it was maybe the the thing that uh, didn't let us climb that third step yeah you know it could have made the difference come Final stage on Sunday, where where Danny Claude, I think it was at four or four and a half seconds back yeah. on that stage. Yeah, just to just to pip you at the post by two point one. And in fairness, he was very gracious about it as well. Um, he was as far as I get. Yeah, to Dan- Danny's a real good guy, and and the thing about the thing that I love personally about rallying is the camaraderie and and the atmosphere between all the drivers and co-drivers. Uh, we're doing this at the top level and and it is business, but, uh, you know, we have good friends and we only are racing the clock. So at the end of the day, the relationship there is very good. And at the finish, Danny, you know, understood what had happened and, and he came over and gave us both a hug and, and apologized, which he did not need to do. So, uh, yeah, kudos to Danny and Candido for this and it will make the next fight in Sardinia even more enjoyable. And how were the team? Because obviously it was looking very close for a one, two, three for Toyota. Yeah, it has only happened once before for uh, Toyota since they came back to the World Championship at the, the current level. So it would have been a dream come true, I think, for everyone and especially to show the performance of the car and more than this, the reliability. So it would have been nice to get a photo for a Toyota lockout, but Okay, we have nine more rallies to go this year, and uh, I think now me and Taga are even more hungry to to achieve this result with the team. And one of the concerns that came out after Portugal was uh, the routing of the exhaust systems through the Rally One cars, creating excessive heat in the in, in the cockpit. What are you hearing from the Rally One crews about this? There are a number of issues I think that have raised their head when the regulations were published for these new cars and. Some of them have been able to be worked around and some of them not, but the one with the routing of the exhaust down the right-hand side for the co-drivers, it's uh, 
it's becoming an ever more prominent topic because of the heat we experienced on on Friday in Portugal. It was plus 30 degrees uh, outside. And then when you have the all the temperatures inside the cockpit, I think it was in the region of 60 plus. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's something that needs to be addressed quite quickly. Okay, Sardinia is next week, so maybe there's not so much that can be done for this. But the further rallies on in the season, like Kenya and, and Greece, I think, you know, the FIA also realised that, that it could be an issue. And Yari Mati, our own team principal, has has suggested, uh, you know, running an aircon system. And I think with all the crews, not so many issues are completely unanimous, but this is one that everybody is ready to get behind and, uh, and the FIA as well. So hopefully we can see some change uh, in the coming weeks. Absolutely, and I suppose like it's a genuine health concern across all the teams. So it's it's not just you know affecting one one particular manufacturer. Yeah, look, it's it's part of the sport, and it is an endurance sport at the end of the day, and a lot of it is down to to our fitness as well. And all of the crews are working on this, but sometimes you have to accept that external factors could make life a little bit easier. And if it's the same for everyone, then no one gets an advantage. And uh, I think everyone is happy to go down this route. So let's see what happens. Yeah. And Aaron, as you mentioned, Sardinia is up next on the 2nd of June. So you previously competed on that uh, co-driving for Oliver Solberg and the Rally 2 Skoda. So what's going to be different about the preparation for this year with, um, what do you call it, for the Toyota Rally 1 with um, Takamoto? Yeah, it's, it's a rally that I've only done once before with Oliver, like you say, but we have done a lot of testing there. We were there three months ago already for our first test this year in the GR Yaris to do some development even ahead of the first gravel rally that we did. So it's a country that I like. Uh, the stages are technical they're maybe a little bit rougher than Portugal which will create another challenge again like we've spoke about the heat and uh, it will be it will be for sure again a big fight with all the guys I'm sure at the front like Portugal was but uh, I think we're ready to go and really fully focused on moving into next week and uh, trying to uh, come back from the disappointment that was fourth place sure you'll have Danny in your sights for uh, Sardinia. Yeah, we already spoke uh, with Danny about Sardinia and I think he is uh, equally looking forward to the battle that uh, hopefully will ensue without any without any trouble. So, Kevin, as you heard, I touched upon the subject of the, the exhaust issues and the heat being generated by the way that the Rally 1 cars are, are set up or, or, or built. And, um, you know, Aaron was saying, you know, it, it's, it's a thing of concern amongst all of the crews and it's affecting all of the teams as well it's not just one manufacturer issue and, yeah. mm -hmm. you know we're going into sardinia which typically has hotter temperatures than, than sardinia and then i dread mm -hmm. to think come the safari rally in Kent. absolutely absolutely i've seen highland was uh testing today with a gold roof you know they're hoping that that's going to help reflect the heat and one thing or another but uh, you know it has to be a huge uh like 30 degrees ambient temperature, you can imagine what the temperature is going to be like in a cockpit, especially with a hot exhaust from not between the driver and the co-driver. It's, it's absolutely it's something that needs to be addressed and quickly. Yeah, because even, you know, Breen himself mentioned after the event, you know, he could smell Paul Nagel's shoes, you know, mm -hmm. melting or burning, you know, mm -hmm. like in the car. So you can only imagine. I don't know if you 
remember back, um, what do you call it, to, to Greece and Safari years ago where they did the split um, suits. They mm-hmm. had a, a jacket and a, and a bottoms separate, mm-hmm. you know, to try and help with the heat. But this just seems unimaginable. Yeah. And, you know, there are some of the other, the, 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 the what do you call it, circuit competitions where the, the particular cars have a temperature rule that if the, the car gets to a certain temperature, the crew can't compete. They have yeah. to come in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it certainly is something to be concerned about. Yeah, absolutely. And like Yuri Marty has mentioned air conditioning. You know, it seems a simple enough fix, really, doesn't it? You know, if it's something that's not, you know, reinventing the wheel. Yeah, but I suppose they have to go through the issues around the weight of, you know, what mm-hmm. weight is going to add to the cars and the cars have their, their, their true, true. you know, homologated spec. Mm-hmm. But aside from all of that, you know, certainly probably not the results we expected to see with, you know, two ex-world champions, Lo mm-hmm. and Oje competing on Portugal. Yeah, like, you know, we, we, me and you both had them tipped, you know, mm-hmm. to do well. And like, it's un- unimaginable that the two of them retired. <laughs> yeah, uh, and a very uncharacteristic, you uh, know, accident for, for Lo, but just looked like the car just mm-hmm. understeered, um, you know, mm-hmm. into the wall. Uh, it was at cold tires, you know, supposed mm-hmm. to start at the stage. Uh, but that's, that's Charlie Ruben Paramount once again, you know. Like we thought, I thought particularly that you know, run first and road, it's not going to favour him. Yeah. He takes it, he seems to take it all in his stride. Uh, again, you know, there's a few guys putting under a wee bit of pressure, but what, I, you never felt he was going to lose the rally. No, again, it's he, he just nothing phases him. Mm-hmm. He, he, you know, it, it literally, he's comfortable, he's relaxed, he's in complete control of that car. You know, the, he just him and the Toyota, complete harmony. And, you know, Again, it was a great event for Toyota. They almost got the, the, the complete lockout up for the podium. Mm-hmm. You know, and then again, you know, solid drive by Evans. Yeah. Uh-huh. And like, you know, like Aaron touched on it there. Like the, a phenomenal drive by Taika, you know, you know, the, 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 he has come on so much and it's brilliant to see Aaron being part of that now as well. You know, that fourth place was earned. You know, they didn't fall into it with all the retirements and one thing and another. Like they were putting up times all throughout the weekend that deserved the podium. And like, it's one of those ones, you know, if Danny got it or Tyler got it, they both deserved it. And unfortunately, there had to be a winner. But it's just, that's just the cruel side of the sport sometimes. Unfortunately, yeah, that is the cruel side. And, and you know, genuinely, when you see the pictures, like Takamoto was in tears, like that, that hurt. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. like he had worked hard for that. And I suppose he thought he had it. Yeah. And, you know, last stage, would you have expected in those conditions, Danny, to take four seconds out of them? Mm-hmm. Not really. And then shows the, the, the sportsman that, that Danny is was over, you know, and telling him his day will come. And, you know, like that just, that's the mark of that man, really. Yeah, no, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Consummate professional, mm-hmm. you know, and, and all round nice guy. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, I suppose maybe road position favoured him, but, you know, lead to, uh, or lead Hyundai, man, sorry, you know. Um, but we all know, like, uh, Neville and Tannock had their issues. But this Danny man, it, like, Seems to be able to jump into a car and keep producing the goods. Brilliant to see it. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, you have to wonder, you know, that that strategy, the part-time drive, whilst, you know, it, it didn't suit Craig from the point of view of a career. But when he got in the car, he, he was, you know, was putting in solid results in that mm-hmm. last year with Hyundai. And the same for Danny. It just seems to suit him, The you know, mm-hmm. picking his events and, and taking the break in between. And, you know, he's just, he's just on it. Like, he's not needing to build up or get up to speed or anything he's there and he's competitive from the get-go mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely and you mentioned craig there probably not the strongest performance from an m sport point of view last weekend but you know um 
you have to hope that the, they'll turn it around again. You know, such a strong start in Monte Carlo. Um, that's Croatia and now uh, Portugal. Disappointing, but uh, you know, the, fundamentally, all the tools is there. It's, I suppose it's maybe they're not getting the same amount of testing as the other teams, or what. Hopefully, it'll start to fall back with the case again. Yeah, it's just hard to know whether it's bad luck or, or you know, or, or if it's other issues. Like, you know, they went to Portugal with five cars. Mm-hmm. Um, we're leaving the event on day one until Loeb had, you know, that uncharacteristic accident. Punctures for Gus Greensmith and technical issues. Again, uh, Craig was struggling with the heat and dust getting into the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, Formo and Lube probably had the, the stronger of the drives. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you know, like WRC two as well. Uh, Chris Ingram from the UK had a fantastic run, and Erman, uh, Josh McLean, and James Moffat or jo- James Fullerton, uh, you know, had a you know had their issues, but set fastest time overall. Like and a, and a WRC two car, fantastic. Uh, just yeah, completely. Uh, I think one of those unexpected results. Oh, having said that, if you look back to twenty one, um, I think Mads Odsberg was second fastest in a. WRC two, you know, on the Porto stage. So, mm-hmm. you know, just James went or um, Josh went one better. Mm-hmm, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I suppose now it's only right that you caught up with the man himself. So we'll get his point of view and then that will roll into then we'll hear from, excuse me, John Armstrong after that as well. Josh, so just back from competing on Rally Portugal, I don't think, or I think we can safely say that uh, didn't go to plan for you. How was the event? Uh, yeah, the, the event was yeah, a bit of a roller coaster, let's say. Um, from Friday, where we were tired under Super Rally, been into Saturday as well. And uh, yeah, to get a stage win in Porto on Saturday evening was probably the, the, the highlight of the year and the highlight of the event. So uh, yeah, to, to have some positives to bring away from Portugal is, is good. And to have also some points is, is also a bonus as well for, for having such a difficult weekend. So uh, yeah. Focus ahead now. Yeah, I, from from the feedback coming back or coming out of the rally, it seemed to be pretty rough in some of the stages. Did it take its toll on the car, or was the steering issue a separate issue? Um, yeah, you could say the the steering issue came from the roughness of the stages. Um, on the the fourth stage on Friday, before tire fitting, we had a problem with the the steering. Basically, the the steering rack came loose and. We got the tire fitting zone. Um, you don't get to to use any outside help in terms of parts, etc. So whatever's in the car, you have to, to to manage the day with it. Um, so we tried to tried to fix the problem. Uh, only lasted maybe four k into the, the fifth stage, and then the whole the whole thing came loose, and yeah, it was undrivable. So we, we had to pull in and, and preserve the car. Uh, but yeah. Friday was a big day, 124 kilometers on these type of roads with no service is, is quite incredible for a car. And I think uh, looking at the results, you can see how many people had issues and how sore it was. So, uh, yeah, we can't just say it was a Hyundai problem or a, a team problem. It was the nature of the rally. And uh, obviously there is fixes you can to improve these things. So, yeah, we have to look at this. So you returned uh, on the Saturday under Super Rally, but you were nursing an issue with the car throughout the day as well, which kind of hampered your progress. Um, yeah, so under Rally 2 on, on Saturday, we, we had an issue all day with, yeah, it was overheating and we had to stop during most stages to, to let the car essentially cool down. Um, 
it's it's another problem that we need to look at. Um, it was still probably running into Sunday as well, but the stages weren't long enough to let's say show the problem. Um, so yeah, it was it was a rally that we had to survive. It was so hard to manage the situation all the time. You're working flat out in between the stages to try fix things, and yeah, it was quite demanding that way, and in the heat as well. So uh, to get to Saturday afternoon in Porto, we didn't actually know because in the previous stage we we had a problem with the rear of the car as well, where let's say the the back end wasn't working, and I didn't I didn't really know if it was going to go around roundabouts or, or tight corners properly um, so yeah we, we didn't really know what to expect in the portal we thought it could be a big struggle to actually get around the stage never mind <laughs> set the set the fastest time so yeah to, to end the day like that there was a uh, quite incredible turnaround and uh, you would have called, you also had difficulties yes it was getting quite dark and you had no lamp pod there was no street lights so it was tricky enough conditions for you yeah, it wasn't so straightforward that way either. Um, we did have a grip advantage. There's no denying that there. So, uh, but yeah, there there was other things we had to consider, and to, it was nothing special. Let's say it was neat, tidy, and yeah, we were getting drive out of the corners, which was was probably why we we got such a good time. And yeah, to take this away and to have a let's say a, a history making uh, achievement in the process was was quite nice and. Yeah, I think it boosted uh, the whole team's morale going into Sunday and this is what we needed because it's been such a difficult event for everyone involved and the whole team worked tire- tirelessly throughout the whole event. So, uh, yeah, I think it's uh, something to take forward and push into Sardinia now to, to get everything in the, in the right way. Absolutely. It was great for yourself and James just to make the history books, you know, to take a, a positive away. And talking of Sardinia, so we're going to rougher terrain, hotter you know, hotter temperatures, what what can, you know, I suppose, what's your preparation like? What are you expecting? And again, what, what are the challenges for you and the car in those conditions? Uh, I would say Sardinia is rough. Yes, it's rough in different ways, I would say, compared to Portugal. Um, Portugal would have many, many rocks in places. Sardinia might not have as many rocks, but there will be as big rocks and and tough, tough conditions as well with the heat. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a similar type of demanding rally for for the car and for us as a crew. So, uh, yeah, I think coming out of Portugal, there's a lot of tech to take forward into Sardinia in terms of yeah, getting yourself in shape and, and having everything in line for the event. Um, but yeah, I, there's a lot of work to do between now and the start of the event for the team and for us in terms of pace notes and, and getting everything ready in that way. So, yeah, I'm fully fully confident in everyone around us to have everything in proper shape and uh yeah the prep for this rally started for me as i said to adam a few weeks ago it started maybe two months ago so yeah i think we've done a lot uh tonight but yeah there's a lot more to do yeah and it's a bit of a learning curve for yourself and james as well having not competed there before have you been able to get advice from you know either through hyundai or from other competitors that have been there um not so much i think if you go on to WRC Plus, you can learn an awful lot from from previous years and stage comments in the WRC as well. So yeah, it's it's trying to use these resources wisely and and to maximise their capabilities. Let's say. Yeah, very good. Um, and what's the goal for Sardinia? Do you have a target in mind? What are you aiming for? 
Um, I think you have to look at Sardinia as another type of rally like Portugal. Um, outright pace is probably not the way to look at it in terms of starting the rally. Um, you can see in, in WRC2 Junior, the gaps were, were hugely immense. And I think it's to manage, if you do have a problem, to manage it wisely and try not to lose as much time as possible. But yeah, we have to we have to see how it goes. We have to we're not here to t- take part either. We have to push on and, and see what happens. So uh, yeah, I would say the goal is to get as many points as possible and potentially a podium. And how you find the tire management on, on the on the rougher? You know, so Portugal is probably the first real test of that. But yeah, what are you what are you expecting for Sardinia with regard to the tires? Um, yeah, tire management is also also a thing to consider. You have to understand how much hurt the tire can get before you, you get a puncture. Um, it's quite a gamble in some places because the road is so rough and it's literally just a picking your way through the stage. But yeah, I think understanding this here from Portugal, taking some, some we got one puncture in Portugal and learning from that is, is important going into Sardinia as well. So uh, yeah, there's, there's many different types of tire combinations you can take from crossing from front to back and yeah it's from soft to hard as well so it's it's bringing this all together going into Sardinia is is probably important and uh to to get it right let's say okay John you're you're back home after a, a tough few days in Raleigh Portugal um you managed to pull a fourth place out of the bag with eight stage wins and you've got yourself a one point lead on junior WRC um how are you feeling after the, the whole experience? Yeah, it was a tough rally. Um, it was more, it, well, the stages and conditions were more rough this year than what um, I was expecting. Uh, last year, I think maybe the, the, the weather on the lead up to the event was a bit more um, damp and, and wet, so the, the ground was more compact. But yeah, yeah. Um, this year was a lot more rough and uh, more demanding on the the cars and the tires. So, yeah, it was it was very tough. But my approach, or well, the approach that me and Brian wanted to take was to, um, you know, try and stay out of trouble, avoid damaging the car and avoid damaging the the tires. But uh, that that was working for us until uh, this was stage seven, I think. Whenever um, the, the rear arm sheared on the car just from uh, let's say too much abuse from from the conditions but yeah it's a shame because we ha- we got a, a one minute lead and then uh, we weren't pushing or anything um, we were just the ones that were staying out of trouble and then yeah unfortunately uh, we, we hit trouble then and, and the car um, couldn't hold up to the conditions anymore so yeah, that, that was obviously frustrating because I feel like that strategy could have won us the rally, but um, we just didn't have any luck uh, this time. But whenever that happened, it was just a matter of trying to uh, salvage what we could from the from the rally and try to get as many points as possible. And for sure, at, at that point on Friday when we had to uh, retire for the day, I didn't think it would be possible to still be leading the championship when we left but um yeah somehow we, we pulled that out of the bag yeah um yeah it, it didn't end up so bad and um come sunday uh 
but on on Friday, like even just watching it, um, obviously there's plenty of rallies that, that we'll talk about that's tough or they have ruts or whatever. But even just watching on boards, the the amount of rocks, like it wasn't, it literally looked like you you couldn't avoid the rocks. So there were that many um, in some of the corners. Like, have you seen anything like that before, or was this just on a different level? I'd say this was definitely on a different level. Um, there were some places from last year that I knew were were rough, and I was going to, you know, try and be careful on those. But this year, they they were even rougher than than last year, and also basically all of the all of the Friday stages on the other sections were were very rough and uh yeah you sort of have different types of um let's say road structure and surface types and they all they all have their own type of danger um you know if you've got a more hard base road that's maybe on top of um on on top of bedrock then obviously uh, when the road starts to uh degrade you're going to be hitting a lot more um bedrock which is obviously very solid uh so that's not good for uh the suspension and if you're start starting to bottom out then you're gonna yeah really start to punish the car um and then you have other sections where you, it's probably a bit more of a a softer surface and it starts to uh rot up a bit more um and you know obviously the quickest way is to drive in the ruts but yeah, there's there's a high risk that you're going to get a puncture or damage something when you're when you're going into the ruts and you try to lean on the car too much and try to carry too much speed, then you're going to yeah obviously put a lot of pressure on the tire and the suspension. So yeah, it was very difficult conditions, but I thought we we had a good strategy. Um, but yeah, in, in the end up uh, we we uh, still ran out of luck and. And the car um, uh, broke the rear arm. So, yeah, it was a, a crazy day. And uh, one where, yeah, I was feeling like, you know, what is the right the right choice? Because, um, you know, everyone had bad luck. But uh, Sammy had one puncher, I think, earlier in the day. But other than that, he, he looked like he was going, you know, completely flat out and, uh, and got away with it. So... I think for sure you need a bit of luck. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and after the first day, um, you know, there was there was big gaps between the drivers, so it was hard to make uh, any difference on the overall leaderboard without anyone uh, having issues. So, yeah, it, uh, it was all about just trying to, you know, pick up as many points. To be, to be honest... After Friday, I thought we were, we might pick up points from people having issues, but the rest of the rally was let was wasn't as rough as Friday. So um, once you got through Friday, the Saturday stages were more based around Porto, and they're a lot more sandy sort of surface with less um, bedrock and, and and rocks in general. So so yeah, it was easier probably to to not have any issues once you got there. So, yeah, we didn't actually pick up any more places, but um, we, we managed to win seven more stages across Saturday and Sunday. So, um, and it, 
potentially could have been more stages if we hadn't had a puncture both times of Amarante on Saturday. Um, so, yeah, it was good to pick up so many stage win points and that that's very good for our championship. Yeah. Um, in terms of Friday evening, obviously, like you, you seem to approach it the, the best way with, with caution and... Um, you had your your lead, and then all of a sudden it, it gets taken away from you without you know outside your control. Um, and then you you knew as well that the the gaps were minutes, and the chances were um, there wasn't really going to be many position changes. Like, is is it difficult to to refocus and go back? And obviously, like after any. Any day in WRC now, you have to put a lot, a lot of time and effort to to prepare for the next day. Is it is it hard to get motivated to to go and do that? I think it it can be hard, yeah. But um, you know, it's always good to to remind yourself. You know, you you're you're lucky to to be there and have the opportunity to do it. So you just have to try and uh, make the most of of the the situation and try to get as much from the the rally as possible um but for sure on friday uh the the initial disappointment was you know was hard to to take just because you know we tried to stay out of trouble and in the end up in the end up it didn't pay off so it was frustrating um but you know it's a long championship and i think with the stage win points you know, you can get so many championship points for each stage win that uh, it can make a big difference if you don't give up. And, you know, we also know that with the final round being double double points, that that can make a big difference too. So you're never really out of the fight until, you know, the final final stage, let, let's say in Greece in, in September. So you just have to keep pushing on and, um, you, know, you know, keep keep your hopes up and, and, you know, I think, uh, well, I think Brian does too, but I, I have a belief that it'll just happen. And if you keep working hard, then, um, then yeah, that should be enough. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, all you can do is, is give your best. And if you do that, then, you know, you're not going to beat yourself up, uh, further down the line. So it's just a matter of, of trying to stay focused and, um, yeah, trying to make the, the best of the situation. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's a it's not your first time where you've you've came back and scored stage wins or whatever and sort of recovered the the weekend's result with that. So I suppose like even this weekend's another example. If if something happens in the future, you you have that experience where where you know that if you keep going, do do what you can do. That um, come the end of the weekend. You can you can end up on a pretty good position championship wise. I mean, um, obviously you were tied with Dariuna going into that round, and he finished second in Portugal. But still, you've extended the the champion championship lead. So I'm sure that's encouraging for you. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny, isn't it? That um, you know, Dariuna has had he's had a second, a first, and a second, and we've had. A first and two fourth places, but thanks to our stage win points, we were still ahead of him in the in the championship. So, yeah, it 
for sure, junior WRC, you, you need to always be capable of of winning uh, stages and being fast because uh, being consistent definitely is a good thing, but it won't it won't win you the championship. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's good that we've been able to hold on to the championship lead, considering we've had two bad rallies now. Um, we've dropped a lot of points that we could have had, but um, you know we've we've just tried to make the best of a, a bad situation and um, yeah, to still be leading the championship after three rounds is is really good. And uh, I think I was looking the other day, I, you know, compared to last year after three rallies, I still have I still have more championship points. Um, so so yeah. We're actually in a better position than we were last year. Um, of course, the the rallies are different. Um, you know, there's not as much tarmac this year, but to be honest, I, I like gravel. I know if, if I can get into the, the right rhythm, then um, I can always be be there with the front runners and be challenging for stage wins and, and challenging for uh, the rally win and, and podiums. So, so yeah, it doesn't really bother me too much that it's um, that it's less tarmac this year than last year. So yeah, I, I think you know it's definitely possible to to win the championship. We just got to keep um, keep working hard and uh, yeah, you know Estonia, it's going to be all about uh, being fast and trying to win. You know, if, if we're not going to win the rally, obviously I would like to win the rally, but. Um, you know, if we come even second with lots of uh, stage wins, that would be good. And then, like I said earlier, you know, Greece is going to be, depending on the weather, probably quite rough. Um, so it's quite trying to stay out of trouble. And, uh, yeah, you can't really afford having uh, any issues there. Yeah, definitely, definitely not. You can't you can't drop the, the double points round um, at the end of the, the season. Uh but yeah, like you've you've won in Sweden, so that's bound to give you great confidence going to Estonia and you finished second there last year. So even with all that under your belt now, does does that make a difference um heading there for the next round? Yeah, well I need to look at the the stages, but I know you know, the stages will be fairly uh similar to last year. Um Maybe they'll be in the opposite direction or using some new sections. But yeah, I think it's good to have experience of them. Um, obviously, I'll be able to reuse some of the, the pace notes too, which is helpful. Uh, but yeah, I know it's if I want to win Estonia, it's not going to be easy, and I have to you have to take some some risks probably, which of course you don't want to to miss um, miss out on taking points. So you have to calculate much risk you want to take but yeah I feel confident that you know I can get a good result but you know the 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 other top drivers are they're all from Scandinavia and, and Rob Robert is from Estonia so it's a difficult task but like I said it's the championship won't come down to Estonia alone so yeah I need to think of the bigger picture and, and try to uh, just get as many points between now and uh, the final stage in in Greece, and um, 
and then we'll we'll see how it goes. <laughs> what yeah. the final result is. <laughs> exactly. Uh, just before I let you go, your two of your stage wins on Sunday was on half. Um, was was that another nice way to, to end the weekend, or what? What's it like going going through a stage like that with so many spectators and jumps and famous junctions and obviously going as fast as anyone in, in your category? Yeah, it's such a famous stage, and uh, you know you've got you've got all the the cool. Um, let's say roadside furniture that, you know, like painted rocks um, with the Colin McRae uh, memorials. And you've got rocks that have like Loeb and Ogier and Latvala written on them at the, at the beginning of the stage as well. So it's definitely a cool stage. And when you get there, you know, you know that you're starting something special. But I think uh, at my point of, of my driving career, I'm just focused on, you know, trying to go from as from A to B as fast as possible and try not to get too hung up on uh, on you know the stage and it's um, and how famous it is but for sure it, it's it's a brilliant stage uh, it starts off quite technical uh, and you're actually climbing uphill a little bit as well and then uh, after there's a little bit of tarmac you, you turn on to sort of a, a faster wide road going towards um the finish where the the jump is and yeah it's it's a very enjoyable stage quite fast in places um some some parts are over crests where you're you know you're carrying a lot of speed uh and then you've got you've got one big jump before the the famous jump um which is which is also nice but um yeah i i wasn't going too crazy over the the jumps but still <laughs> getting plenty of air time and uh yeah, it was definitely enjoyable in, in the Rally 3 car. Uh, it it flies very nice and usually with the, the nose uh, sort of pointing up in the air a little bit and on the rear wheel. So, um, yeah, you don't have to worry so much about any doing damage on, on the front of the car whenever you land, but for sure you don't want to uh, go too fast and... Uh, bust bust the suspension or our backs or something like that. So, but yeah, it's uh, a special place and really good to to obviously win it. You know, win the stage both times in our class. Uh, that's that's something really cool. And um, yeah, I remember uh, Portugal was my second WRC rally, and whenever I'd done it in the D Max. Um, and yeah, uh, there's some you know some stages that. Are the same as back then it's it's cool to you know see the difference now on on my approach compared to back then whenever i was younger versus now and um you know being a lot more you know consistently fast across a whole rally yeah <laughs> getting all smart in your in your old age <laughs> yeah, my old age i <laughs> Great to hear from John and, you know, not the best weekend for him. Um, but, you know, when he did get back into the event, he you know, had some great stage wins and it's put him, uh, you know, what do you call it, leading the championship now, which is great considering, you know, wasn't the best weekend for them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic to see him as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then also in that class as well, um, young Will Crichton. Again, I just struggled double punctures on the Friday and then again, setting some good times until he had to, was forced to retire on the Sunday. So um, again, just Portugal, I don't think it really was, apart from Aaron, 
uh, you know, the best of events. And then we had Park Duffy then got a top 30 finish. And then unfortunately, Paul Riley, who's also undertaking the event, um, didn't manage to complete the stages. Yeah. Um, also taking place uh, last weekend was the Maiden City Rally. Kevin, you were up there. How did it go? Yeah, um, good old event. Uh, the two stages done three times. Um, very good stages. Uh, good bit of driving in them. You know, all the drivers very complimentary towards them. Um, uh, Desi Henry and Catherine McCourt and Gary Jennings had a great battle. Uh, like Catherine jumped into C three or uh, at the last minute and seemed to click with the car. Um, really seems to have loved the car. Um, just very comfortable right from the get go. Daisy had a few wee issues. Uh, went down to the last stage. Real battle on again. These last stage cliffhangers is becoming the thing now in the Irish Rally. Unfortunately, Catherine had a slight overshoot in the last stage and Daisy nipped him and got the one. Um, very encouraging event too for Gary Jennings. Um, set one joint fastest and a couple of second fastest times. Like for a man that hasn't been in the car for three or four months now, that's very positive. Um, but quality right down throughout the field, you know, all the classes, good tight battles and all. So I caught up with the top three overall, who were Desi Henry and Paddy Robinson, uh, Catherine Port and Liam Moynihan, and Gary Jennings and Rory Kennedy. I also then caught up with the, the top two wheel drive. It was Damien Turish and then Camilla Spradley. So let's hear their thoughts on the event. Desi Henry, one of the 2022 Maiden City stages. You have to be happy with that. Yeah, look, I was right down to the wire. Uh, as you seen, it was uh, down to the last stage. Uh -huh. But we didn't, we didn't have a sample day. We uh, put a couple of breaks in the first loop, and then we clipped something in the second loop, and, and uh, ended up damaged the back hub. So we lost a bit of time with that. So we, we give ourselves plenty of work during the day. But uh -huh. no, it was good to get around and you know we're there, thereabouts in pace. Uh, and it's good to have like somebody to race against. That you know, it's not you know it shows you that you're, you have to keep the pace up the whole for the whole rally. Yeah, yeah. Look, as I say, these cars I keep saying it they're all so close you know uh -huh. there's there's uh there's ten, tenths of a second between every one of them so it's uh, it's a matter of getting everything else perfected and uh nearly the cars will do the rest of the work absolutely so onwards and upwards then is that yeah. you to Donegal now or maybe something between now and then we're uh, we're hoping to do the uh the wee Cookstown uh rally there in uh, two weeks time uh-huh so uh that'll be another 40 or 50 miles just under about before Donegal and that'll be on the hills from there Paddy Robinson spend the champagne once again this uh this the Maiden City stages this weekend. Aye, it's nice to get another first, doesn't it? Uh -huh. Um Really enjoyed the day, it was good fun. Uh, boys didn't make it easy for us, you know. It's, it's the way you want to win a rally in the last stage, you know. Uh -huh. Coming out on top. Balls out the whole way. That's exactly it, that, yeah. <laughs> good crack in there now. Uh -huh. And like, you know, this, you know, this, circuit was, was very very hard to take but listen the pace was there and we were, we were able to race them and beat them and coming here today you know Kahan gave us a, a fantastic pace and to come out with a win that's just that's brilliant. Catherine McCourt second overall and the uh, Maiden City stages bit of a hard pill to take that last stage. Aye look here it was good all day racing now but they threw everything at us there, rain and but here it was good racing with to be fair, he's going hard there now. Uh -huh. Last stage we went at it, but it just didn't work out with an overshoot and um, probably dropped about 10 seconds. He beat us by two there to finish it. No, here look, I'm well happy with the cars. First day out, and you've got to show that pace in the first day out, it's good. Like, uh -huh. um, no, here, I'd say this will be the, the truck for Donegal, I would imagine. And like, you know, we've seen the pace Daddy done in the 
Circuit Ireland, so that has to give you great heart that you're competing with them. I look here, I think I'm back to the Pacers in West Cork in the, in the fiesta. It's up with the West in West Cork in the fiesta, so I think we're back there now, and if we can just build that now for Donegal, that'd be good. Eh? Liam Moynihan, you just finished second after an overshoot in the last stage, but good days racing. A great days racing, sure. These are five cars in racing, Daisy there, and Derek and Gary and all of them. They're, they're fantastic racing in Johnny too, but I think we kissed a lot of girls when we found our girl now, I think. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see now, we'll see now. We're happy it is. And good to get back and good representation to the stages in Donegal, that's today. Yeah, without doubt, it's good to race. These boys have been racing all year in the, uh -huh. the international, so now that we've got to go ahead to, to race in the right hand drive car, it's, it's great to be fit to race against these boys now. And right. I look forward to Donegal. And the pace was getting better as the day went on? Yeah, we knew that. I, I hadn't sat the car from Burnley. My gloves and helmet were still another this morning, and it just felt different. But yeah, I knew to take the first two maybe to warm up, and then we had two second fasts and the fastest time for you. We're happy with that. Take that and go forward with it. Rory Kennedy, third place overall today in the Maiden City stages. Good to get back into rally car again. Very good, Kevin. I uh, Maiden City put on first last event here today. This format of two stages, three times, uh, worked very well. And in fairness, the Motor Club, uh, excellent, two very challenging stages. And thankfully, everything ran very safely. And uh, or as far as organisation was concerned, top notch today. Excellent, excellent. And you know, like good seat time. All positive from your point of view for Donegal? Oh, for sure. I, as you know, it's part of our build up to, to Donegal Rally in June. And um, we're working towards that, and today proved um, a very good test for us. Yeah, we know we know with the whole international right hand drive thing now, so you know, we can forget about all that now, just head down and get the stages in now. Exactly, I, you know, it's um, what that's dealt with now, we're very clear where we're all going. Uh -huh. So it's nice to go to a rally and be part of it, and especially a home rally like Donegal. And, you know, we'll be putting our best foot forward come June. Like. So, Damien Turris, two wheels right one or today in the uh, Maiden City stages. Good Aye, feeling. good feeling. Another good wee warm up for going to go also. Uh -huh. For the same time, I'm happy. Yeah. And like the you know, good stages out there today, so it's a good test. Uh, good good test. Good test. Yeah, man. Handling well, power's good, you're, you're happy with the car now? Aye, uh, car, no bother with it. Hey. Yeah, I went fuckles all day, so no, hey, a wee overshoot and a couple of wee silly things on my own behalf, but hey, apart from that, it was a good day and yeah. hopefully it keeps going again. Aye, uh, onwards and upwards. Aye, <laughs> uh, hopefully, hopefully. Good luck. Carlos Bradley, second overall in the two wheel drive today at the Maiden City stages. Happy with your days, rallying? Yeah, good day, hey, good, yeah, we're just, uh, we're, like, it's only been the second rally now in a good, good years. Uh, hi, trying to get back into it a bit there, but uh, I suppose we're nearly, we're nearly at the end of our day in Lickin' Rally, but enjoyed it well, hey, with a couple of, of tickets stages, uh, set, first stage out in the last group there, we landed, I think everybody was much the same, we landed out in hard tyres, Jesus was soaking wet, but it was a great experience time through it, we had a great, and we had a great run through it, uh -huh. um, 
and last stage you can enjoy every stage just enjoying more and more we're getting a better flow in the car and just a bit more confidence in it great <laughs> and uh, good to get back behind the wheel oh brilliant always is hey. always uh, is uh, always in on the day aye uh, that 2.5 yeah. there's nothing to beat it when you get ah, the, it's hard to beat good escort's hard to beat now hard uh, to beat for a bit of fun uh, that Northern Ireland Championship this is having a fantastic year this year um, after that event now uh, Derek McGarry leads the championship after Johnny Greer's retirement so it's really hotting up there now, uh, Cookstown in a couple of weeks' time, and then it all wraps up in, with the Down Rally, I think it's in July. It is. So brilliant to see that that championship on its way back. Um, also this weekend in is the, the BRC, round two, the Jim Clark Rally. That's uh, looking very good. <laughs> it is looking very good. Now, fair enough, short event, nine stages. But, um, you know, good Irish interest in that event as well. And like, the, you know, again, back to our polos, but there's four polos in the top four. <laughs> um, you know, so it's going to be a real interest. It's going to be a sprint, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you've actually seen Price there and Noel O'Sullivan out number one and Keith Cronin and Mikey Galvin, number two. And uh, our favourite adopted Irishman, <laughs> uh, Marion Evans and mm -hmm. uh, JJ are number three. Like, there's going to be a heck of a battle between those three. Over, you know, and, and I, then you know, even Jason Pritchard and um, yeah, young guy Payne, you know, the, the, you know, the, the, you know, we do tend to slag off the British Championship, you know, but we seen the Ulster last year, you know, then the top guys there, the pace is strong, and there seems to be a bit, maybe a wee bit more strength and depth at the moment, but you know, will that continue into the rest of the year? Hard to know. Hopefully, but um, you know, as you say, nine stages over like a, a day and a half, I suppose. Um, but you know, classic stages. We know, we know, we all remember them from the time of like Andrew Nesbitt and Eugene Donnelly and things like fast, fast stages. Uh, very fast. And and uh, what do you call it? It'll be whoever can get to grips with their car from stage one, like they don't have time to settle in and and you know, build up the speed, they've got to be on it from the get go. Uh, mm -hmm. and and that's why it's going to be interesting. I say, you know, I'd, I'd if I was putting money anywhere, I'd, I'd be looking at Ashley and Price, I think, for that. Absolutely. Um, I, I think, you know, based on the previous results, mm -hmm. it'd be hard, hard not to look past them for the outright win. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, and also a strong Irish contingent there in the junior category as well. You have even Kelly, uh, Kelly White and all them guys as well, too. So, you know, hopefully the Irish guys will be smiling there. So, absolutely. Without, yeah. yeah. And then Johnny Mahollan's out as well. Yeah, Good to see him, you know, compete. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you know, without further ado, I think we should catch up with our uh, our favourite Welshman. We, we, we suppose we could call him Marianne O. Evans now at this stage <laughs> and get his thoughts on the event. Yeah, yeah. It'd be nice to be back. You know, uh, obviously, I think our two days, we did a lot of BRC then. Then I think we had we did the Cameron in 2019. That was probably the last time. We'd hoped to do a bit more back then, but things just didn't quite pan out for them. Yeah, it'll, it'll be nice. Um, I haven't rallied in the BRC for, for a good sort of three and a half years now. But um, yeah, the, the level is, is really high there, to be fair. The Championship gets some stick, which is unjustified. I mean, you, you saw what Austin and Matt were doing last year. So it'll be not much different again this year, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, you know, we, the, the Jim Clark is one of those names that is synonymous with rallying. You know, both in the UK and Ireland, you know, the Termite Championship uh, visited uh, in the early noughties. It's a fantastic event. All of the events brilliant. I mean, it's it's a shame, obviously, even before COVID, this rally, obviously, they, they went through some tough times and it didn't run for a good few years. So, yeah, it was actually my first ever tarmac rally, proper tarmac rally in 2013 or nine years ago. So things will be a bit 
bit quicker this weekend, I hope. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a unique sort of rally. You know, there, there's not as much grip as, as what you'd find on, on a lot of the Irish rallies up there. It's pretty shiny kind of tarmac, but it's very fast, um, heavy braking and stuff like that. But uh, I don't remember too much about it. But yeah, some of the stages are, are really, really nice. Yeah, because like, you know we all think of, you know like the the jumps and the water splash and things like they're they're yeah. iconic um, stages, iconic. You know, we think of Jim Clark, we think of the water splash, we think of that big jump that uh, what you call him? Yeah, yeah, I can't even think his name now. In the blue Subaru hurt his back over now. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's him. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, as all them stages, is is that something you're looking for? Is as the challenge of them compared to you know, the normal. Yeah, to be honest, I guess when you're doing rallies, like we had the Kalani and the circuit last, um, when the stages of circuit used, they, they were two pretty kind of specialist events in a way that, you know, a lot of the guys know the stages very well. So I think going back here, I know like Oshin and Keith would have done the rally quite a lot, but it, it would have been 10 years ago. So hopefully kind of they've forgotten a good bit of what they learned back in those days. <laughs> yeah, um, it'll, it'll hopefully be pretty level maybe. So um, yeah, yeah, it'll be... It'll be an interesting race, I think. Yeah. And for a change, you've number three in the door. You've been used to number four in the door now with all the, the Tarmac Championship round. So over, I think four or five rallies in a row. I think you know, we, <laughs> yeah. we'd actually we'd entered Clacton, and if you noticed in the, the first round of the BRC, we were meant to go there. We didn't in the end, but um, number four was missing, and that, that was us. So <laughs> we were meant to be car four there as well. But um, no, it'll be a nice change to have a different number on the door. Yeah, you're getting about the Ken Block, he is number 43. Yes, we're going to be number yeah. four. He's going to be. He's <laughs> almost going to get hats and coats and everything made in number four. <laughs> and this weekend also gives the, the team a bit of a challenge as well. Three cars in the top four. Yeah, it's um, it's, it's busy enough actually. But, um, you know, luckily since Kalanu, we've had three weeks with no rallies at all. So it's given us a good bit of time to prepare for it. Um, yeah, the, luckily, well, thankfully. I bought the car back in one piece from Kalani, which eased the workload a bit as well. But, uh, you know, the, it, it was just sort of a reprep on, on a couple of them. But, um, yeah, it, it's, it's you know, it's a bit of stress sometimes maybe, but we've had a good bit of time to, to prepare for this. So um, hopefully everything goes well for all the boys and we all make it to the end on Saturday night. And, you know, you, you, you talked about your own car there as well. We've seen the photos online. It's looking fantastic now in its new Castro colour scheme as well. Yeah, it's very different. I'm so used to seeing a car with the blue on it, you know, <laughs> walking into the garage and seeing it like that. It's like, you almost forget kind of, oh, that's my car now. You know? <laughs> but no, I think it's nice to see. There's actually been a lot of hype about the sort of the design and everything. It's Castrol as a name is huge in rallying. So it's nice to get it back, you know, and people will be comparing it to like the, the Corolla of the late 90s and stuff, which is which is quite cool. But uh, yeah, um, it, it looks really nice and uh I'll be happy if it looks like that on Saturday night and we, we have a decent enough result under our belts would be good as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And like, you know, you know, the, with Cronin, with Ocean Price, with Pritchard, with yourself, you know, it's going to be yeah. a mega rally. You know, that top four and then there's a whole lot of other guys out there. It's it's going to be hard to pick a winner from it. I know, you know, you I know Gary Pearson as well lives there. So you know, you can never kind of count him out. And a couple of young boys, sort of Rory and James, their first year in R5 did very well in, in Clapton the other week. Um so you know, that there's actually a sort of a, a good enough bunch, you know, it will be you know, obviously Keith and Austin everybody has their eyes on because they're the two very experienced guys and go very well. But you know, we had obviously Kilani in the circuit, probably one of our best rallies. I think we changed some things to the car, which maybe looking back didn't really suit me so much so um we we've kind of gone back to what i was more comfortable with and 
hopefully see if, if we can be sort of back really, really at the sharp end this weekend would be nice. Yeah. Like sometimes you have to take a step back to, to move forward, really, don't you? Yeah, I think we just, you know, we try things just to try and, you know, obviously get quicker <laughs> because nobody stands still. So yeah. it, it, but sometimes it just doesn't work. And I think that was kind of the story that we kind of was in Kalani as well. We just, um, we changed a few things with the car and then obviously on the test, which felt good then to the rally, we were on a different tyre and it just didn't work with the time combination and it kind of just set us back a bit, you know, but um, when when you give time away at that level, you're finished. So through the rest of the rally, we just tried some things and to be fair, not a lot of it worked, but at least we know that now. So um, yeah. yeah, hopefully we, we have kind of a good knowledge of what works and what doesn't now, I guess, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting this weekend. Yeah, and like that, you know, that'll feed into this weekend. You now know what works as well as what doesn't work. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. I mean, we've been finding an island kind of my driving style compared to Ali is so different. You know, we can run sort of different compound tires almost because we drive sort of very differently. So it's it's just learning that things as well. Because obviously, you see a rival or a competitor jump on onto a certain tire, you think, well, I need to do that. But it's not necessarily the case. And it's just learning that and, and mm-hmm. using it at the right time, I guess. So, yeah. Um, Obviously, this weekend is different. I've got Austin and Jason next to me, so that's two different guys again. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, you know, they're, um, they're both good guys. You know, I worked with Austin all year last, and I've known Jason for years and years because they own a garage just up the road from us. So um, yeah, we'll we'll all help each other, and uh, hopefully we can, like I said, all get to the end, have a good result and a good event. Well, it was great having Marion on the podcast, and uh, yeah, just amazing. You know, himself and the dad, Melvin Evans Motorsport, they're running. You know, the top three out of the of the polos out of the BRC this year, it's, you know, really is good going. I'm looking forward to seeing Marion competing in Donegal shortly as well. Another event coming up, Kevin, um, is the Deja Vu in Killarney. Um, what do you call it? Really interesting entry list. Like, you know, it really is a blast in the past. And you go down through the names, you know, mm-hmm. with Chris Meek, Patrick Snyers, Austin McHale, Cahill Curley, Frank O'Mahony, Dennis Biggerself, Michael Barrowville, Davey Greer. Like, it's just incredible. It really is. Mm-hmm. And then also Craig Breen's going to be there and will have his uh, inverted commas new, uh, what do you call it, Frank Maher, Escort Cosworth Sierra. Um, we, I'm looking forward now to seeing that car out back yeah, on the road like, again. You know, I, think the attention, I think the attention to detail that Craig has put into this rebuild is going to be something else, isn't it? You know, so, uh, and then, like, you know, you talked about the, the, the drivers there, the cars that's going to be there, you know, everything from world cars to, you know, every car from the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 90s, the whole lot. That was I know. There. Absolutely. Like you know, from Chevette HSRs, we've got, uh, you know, RS 1800s, Metro 6R4s, you know, Porsche 911s. It's just going to be an incredible mix of machinery on the roads. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I caught up with Sean Moriarty and Betty Crawford, and they'll give us their thoughts on it. Well, I, uh, I've been involved in rallying since I was about 15 years of age. And uh, uh, my hero in my early days was Paddy Hopkirk, whom I still think is probably the best all-round rally driver ever come out of Ireland. So Paddy was a, a big hero to me. And when he won the Monte Carlo Rally in 1964, you know, that uh, that was a, a really important uh Monte Carlo Rally in those days was a very, very important rally. It was the rally to win, and Paddy put the Mini on the map. So I, I was, uh, and I got to know Paddy very well, and of course I competed against him later on. So back in 63 or 2013, I was thinking one day, you know, next year it'll be 50 years since Paddy won the Monte. 
we really should do something to celebrate this. So I went and discussed it with a few people, including Plum Tyndall and a couple of others, Kathleen Curley, and we set up a small committee and we organized the Paddy Hopkirk Gala. And we ended up, um, we donated £55,000 to the Integrated Education Fund for Northern Ireland. I'm a great believer in integrated education. We had 540 people at the gala dinner. It was a huge success. And, uh, and, and the most important thing was Paddy had tears in, the, in his eyes when we left Stormont that morning. It was uh, really nostalgic. So that set me on the road. And I thought, well, what will we do next? You know, what's so I come up with the idea of being a co-driver uh, and knowing a lot of rally roads in Ireland, but never really having time to, to enjoy the scenery because when you're a driver or a co-driver, you're wrecking or making pace, you're always under stress. Uh, and time is very important. And then a rally, of course, you never really have time to do anything but concentrate on, the, on reading the notes or keeping time. So I thought, wouldn't it be nice to go over these special stages that we know like Aura Lodge or, or Torhead or the Healy Pass and take our time and uh, get a lot of the old drivers and old cars out and, and make a bit of money for charities. So I talked to Plum about it, and uh, Plum and I decided we would we would do uh, we would start and do these events, and they've just taken a life of their own. And uh, it was amazing, Donna and uh, Deja Vu, uh, Donna, which was the one last the, the one we did last uh, to Donna Kelly's. Um, Stables, fantastic museum. There were crowds on that route. Yeah, it was amazing. Absolutely. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the number of people who turned out to see that event. It was, so it's, it's, it's taken on a life of its own. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, like the way then that you know the charities benefit from this as well. You just pick local charities to the area. So you know that oh. also helps to get you know the, the the local community on board as well. Oh, absolutely. It's amazing. Um, you, you mentioned um, a cancer charity or whatever to, mm -hmm. to people, and 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 Tralee, it's we it was we didn't even have to do any work. Sean and Dermot Falvey and the and the Motor Club, they did all the work for us. We were just sort of, you know, we come down a couple of times, and and Sean would uh, take over, and uh, he's done fantastic support down there. And, and they mentioned a cancer charity. People just opened their pockets. It's, it's amazing the support we've had. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. So, Sean, no better time to bring yourself in. Like, Deja Vu Trilly coming into Kerry this weekend. Like, this is an important year for uh, motorsport and Kerry. So, brilliant to see this. This is a great opportunity for the county to promote itself once again. Uh, the whole thing kind of hinges on the um, Kerry Motor Club celebrating its 50th anniversary uh, this year and the club kind of sat down all through uh, the last two years and the quieter times and figured out a few different ways that we can mark our 50th anniversary and this was one of the ideas that came up that we'd approach uh, BD and Plum and ask the question would they mind bringing Deja Vu to Tralee and we're delighted that they accepted us Um we're tying the route into uh, what really is a, a history of Kerry, or a history of motorsport in North and West Kerry. Mm -hmm. uh, our first, uh, first point on the route, for example, is the the Ballyfinan Hill Climb. Now, that's very well known in County Kerry, but 
Valley from Nan Hill Climb ran in 1903. It was part of the Gordon Bennett uh, Irish Speed Fortnight. And that event was won by Charles Rhodes, who went on to become a partner in Rolls-Royce Motorcars. And the Kingdom Veteran Vintage and Classic Car Club have erected a monument at the top of the hill where 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 Charles Rolls won 119 years ago. So that's our first location on, yeah. on the run. And that's what we do. We'll follow that through uh, for the, the whole, all the 183 kilometres. Uh, next stop is Inch Beach. Uh, Inch is kind of more or less a place I grew up myself, but it's also a place where there were speed trials all through the 1920s and 30s on the four-mile stretch of strand. So you're, you're remembering that history from... 90, 100, nearly 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. And then on to the roads that most people would know, the the famous Circuit of Kerry stages, uh, Menard Castle, Slayhead, Brandon Creek, the Connor Pass, Camp Mountain and the Sharp Mountain. Mm-hmm. Now, all of them roads, but not the sequence that I mentioned them, were used in the 1974 Circuit of Ireland rally. It was the only time that the Circuit of Ireland visited the Dingle Peninsula. And the rally was won and lost on Slayhead when uh, Cattle Curley and Billy Coleman entered the stage in uh, only a handful of seconds between them. And mm-hmm. Coleman made a rare mistake and crashed on the stage and Cattle had a very easy drive back to Belfast to win the rally. But it's the kind of history and folklore connected with that 1974 event has been remembered as well. Yeah. And and then you just look across, like I say, all those roads I've mentioned, the uh, Connor Pass, uh, uh, Camp Mountain, Menard Castle, they're all famous rally roads and everyone on that intro list, if they haven't driven them before, they most certainly have heard of them and every rally fan in the country has heard of these these roads mm-hmm. and as Behe mentioned then as well, it's kind of a, when you're rallying you're, you're, too, you're too busy, but let's come back and enjoy these roads on the Wild Atlantic Way mm-hmm. at a more leisurely pace and the, the, the Slay Hill is the most westerly stage in Europe next stop is New York City but why not like it's yeah. uh, let's just enjoy it and then the bonus the two bonuses are the quality of drivers that have come and placed their interest for this event that's not the beating work but yeah. phenomenal we can't believe what's coming to mm-hmm. our hometown and then we're raising money for Recovery Haven one of the most important uh, cancer charities in Chile Put all that together, I think we're in for uh, a very special weekend. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, you look at that quality of that, and like if that was a uh, like a termite championship round, you would be over the moon. <laughs> you know, absolutely. You, know, the, the, you have the, world stars, you have JWRC stars, British champions, termite champions. That they're all there and more. And uh, more, it's, it's and, just incredible. And, like, and, I mean, and and by the way. A few very good co-drivers. Yes, <laughs> yes, we should know that. Yeah, yeah. We'll never forget the co-drivers were yeah. used to the passenger seat. Myself and Beatty spent our, our lives in the passenger seat, so we can't forget the co-drivers. Yeah. But here's an interesting story Trevor, from... Uh, Trevor Agnew and Bones O'Connor and Darren mm-hmm. Smith, all yeah. very, very good co-drivers. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, here's an interesting story from, uh, from a Donegal point of view. You're based up there in Donegal yourself, Kevin, mm-hmm. but... Uh, um, James Cullen, who uh, won Donegal International Rally, I think it was 26 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, began his uh, career in a Chrysler Avenger. He and he's coming down to do the event, but he's actually doing the event as a co-driver. And he's yeah. sitting with Mick Smith. Mick Smith is a, a campaigner of historic uh, Avengers uh, all his life. He's just a, mm-hmm. an out-and-out um, Avenger fan. And he's also a uh, chairman of the London Irish Motor Club. So Mick is coming over with his Avenger. Uh-huh. Now, his Avenger is connected with Harry Brown from Donegal. I think Harry Brown's from Belfast or Donegal. I'm not but sure. That, he went on car in Donegal. And James Collins is, is, is navigating in that car for this weekend. Yeah. So it's, 
<laughs> just, just a, a twist on the story. A Kerry man um, and Donegal man sharing the car. <laughs> <laughs> and like Harry, he, I think he had a holy home in Donegal, but he 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 was a huge part of the Donegal rally throughout the years as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a lovely tribute to him. Unfortunately, Harry passed away. That was last year, wasn't it? Was last year, Mick, Mick Smith won't uh, won't take the name off the car. Like you know, the, oh. car, the name's on the side window. He's uh-huh. just going to put in memory of Harry Brown instead of where where the name should be, which is an even nicer tribute. You know? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, we're talking about some of the cars that's coming. We have everything from like minis, you know, from the sixties. You know the or you know the 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 venerable escort here. You know, there's so much a fabric of the fabric of Irish rallying right through Mantas, uh, Group B cars, World cars, Group A cars, even the current uh, Rally Three. William Crichton's bringing a, a Rally Three Fiesta. I think it, it's just I can't believe the quality and the quantity. Like 151 starters, I think, isn't it? Yeah, that, that, could, that, that, that could go to 160 cars the way things are going at the minute. <laughs> One of the most interesting cars, I think, is um, is the Sydney Meek Ford Orion that was used by Stephen Finley and champion boxer Barry McGuigan back mm-hmm. in the mid 1980s. The famous red and white rear wheel drive Ford Orion. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Meek family have found that car, they've restored it. Uh, Barry Meek is going to drive that with Dad Sydney in the, the passenger seat. And Chris Meek is driving the 4x4 uh, Vauxhall Corsa that that family built in the in the 90s with uh, legendary mechanic uh, Robbie McGurk in the passenger seat. And, and Robbie is a legendary driver in his oh, own right as absolutely. well. So it's know, just yeah. the stories that uh, I was telling my mother earlier today about this and she said, you could write a book about that. Yeah. Said, you could write a book about everyone in this thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, you know, I, think I, I always think Sydney Meek's story is one of the real stories of Irish Valley, and it's really Absolutely. not told properly, you know. So, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Like the interesting thing is that um, in the early days of organising these, we had a wee bit of difficulty in tracking the, the, the big drivers because they thought, oh, what's this? You know, it's just a run around. But it was amazing. Once they had done it once, you keep them, keep them away. <laughs> it was really amazing uh-huh. because they thought, you know, there were the crowds were back out to see, and we all liked to have the crowds watching us if mm-hmm. we were competing. So mm-hmm. they liked that, but they also liked the fact that you know you get back into a rallying car, even though you're not rallying. It's got the smell, it's got the feel. Sense. You know, uh-huh. you feel as if you're actually back mm-hmm. uh, competing again, even though you're not competing. Exactly. And like Patrick Snyder's, this is his uh, second or third uh, trip. No, second, second, yeah, best. second, because he done done goal as well. Like so, like for him to come back as well, that just shows you. Oh, he loves Paddy's a Patrick's. Uh, Paddy's a real Paddy. Paddy's <laughs> a real Paddy. He likes his dinner, so he does. <laughs> um, and then, like Sean, you're also you would like to mention, you know, the, the charity. You know how beneficial this is going to be. The money that's going to be raised is just going to, be, you know, such a benefit to the local charity. Uh, yeah, the, the the recovery haven is a is a fantastic, it's a well respected uh, uh, cancer respite house in in Tralee, and they 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 look after people from all over the county and maybe into Cork and Limerick as well. It's just based in the, the southwest of Ireland. Uh, w- without mentioning names, there is uh, two members of the club that have passed through the doors of this place in the mm-hmm. in the in in the last couple of years. And when do- those members heard what we were doing. Uh, they rode in and they wanted to get involved and they wanted to help out. And they, they felt it was kind of payback time for them for the kindness and the the way they were looked after by these people. 
and now their sport was coming back into get involved. And uh, uh, Marissa Reedy there, the, she's the, the fundraising director. She's been very good as well. Um, she's a former motoring journalist. So she immediately spoke our language and we started talking to her about this. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the funny things about the whole thing that when BD and Plum were talking about, about this at the very beginning, we kind of had a contact in every single facet of life down in Kerry to make things happen. Uh, one of the br- brilliant stories was when they asked, like, how difficult how difficult is it going to be to close the mall in, in Chile for a ceremonial start? And I said, sure, that'll be no problem. The local sergeant here is a, is a, a rally navigator and he co-drives a historic Porsche. And that was that. <laughs> oh, yes, we had to do all the correct paperwork to course, yeah. back it up. Sean, but... Sean I'm, I'm not quite sure about speaking the same language. <laughs> yeah. Kevin, yeah. Kevin, and, Kevin and I speak the same language. Uh, we, <laughs> you, you, you better get a, a few uh, crash courses in uh, speaking Kerry before you come down here Friday night. Uh, yes. Because um, we, we talk oh, awful fast down here, and uh, either you're yeah, going to have to listen slower because we're not going to talk. We're not going to talk slower. Sean knows that I worked in the local hospital at one time doing uh, some local work few years ago so I learned a bit of the language then absolutely yeah. uh-huh. and like, uh, Sean can you run us through some of the, the things that's going to be up for auction then at the weekend as well um obviously the, the, the I think the most amazing thing that's after coming through in the the last couple of hours is uh is is Paul Nagel Paul has just returned from Rally Portugal um where we all know that Rally Portugal celebrated the 50th anniversary of the World Rally Championship on Wednesday night there was kind of a gala celebration in Porto uh, ahead of the rally and Paul brought one of his uh, helmets from that he's used in his World Rally career over the, the last number of years to this gala function and he's got all the heroes like current heroes um like Harry Rovenpera, Craig Breen, uh, Thierry Neuville, current heroes, but the past heroes, the, the Sebastian Loves, the Sebastian Ogiers, uh, Carlos Sainz, Marcus Grunholm, the, the, the list goes on. There's over 20 world champion heroes have signed this helmet, and that, that is going to go in for auction, the main auction item on uh, on uh, on Saturday night at the Gala Dinner in the Rose Hotel. Now, there's kind of another story to this because... Um, before Paul left uh, Portugal on uh, uh, Sunday, Sunday night, um, most of the paddock area had figured out what was going on with his helmet. And he's got, um, he's got a very substantial offer of, uh, before we start at all, it's, going, it's starting at uh, €15,000. That's the first bid on the helmet. Now, every penny after that, and we're very confident we'll go another couple of quid after that. I'm mm-hmm. not going to predict the exact figure. No. But Paul then wants to donate that money to Recovery Haven Cancer uh, uh, Centre. Mm-hmm. But everything beyond that, or whatever way Paul figures out the, yeah. the maths of this, is going to his local GA club, who've launched a series fundraiser to build um, dressing rooms for the, the, the women's side of their, their football club and the uh, uh, Fossil GA club just outside Killarney. And both Paul's sons have just started playing underage football there. And he feels he's given back to the community. Uh-huh. Two reasons. I think he's given to the, the cancer charity. He's given to the local GA club. Yeah. And he, in his own words, what he told me today was, I'm privileged to travel the world doing what I love. And this is my way of allowing motorsport to give back into the community. Yeah. And that's another fantastic story. And it'll just tell you the kind of respect and the, the enthusiasm that's around this part of the world for, for motorsport and the, the way these people want to get involved. And yeah. I, I, I was, I was blown to bits when I was talking to small uh, yeah, Paul this morning. Uh, that is this morning and other things in his mind. He was just back from Portugal, but this was the main topic of conversation when we were chatting. Yeah, 
Like, and that, that's fantastic. And I know some of the other things. There's a a tour of Pro Drive and a tour, a tour of Donna Stables you mentioned earlier there. You know, and there's various other other things. Like, that's brilliant. You know, the money that's going to such a, a worthwhile cause. Uh, you know, that's 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 something that we have to promote more in motorsport. It, it is such a fabric of the, the local community. You know, as you talk about the local garden station, uh, you know, the, the, the director of the, the hospice as well. The motorsport seeps into every walk of life. The, oh, it's, it, there's been very good, uh, a very good vibe in County Kerry from so far this year in the in, in the sense of uh, support and charity work. Um, like one of our 50th anniversaries, the Kerry Morgan 50th anniversary events, was a, a static car show in Chile Town Centre in February. Now that event was to was ran to raise funds for a very ill member of the club that was he emigrated to America, but before he left for America, he was a very active member of the club, and he. He ultimately needed an air ambulance to get him home for the medical treatment he needed. The air ambulance bill was going to be over 20, 20 grand and the club raised 23,000 euros on that day alone just for the, the, the car show to get this man home and we did it. Two weeks after that, our neighbours here in Killarney, Killarney District Motor Club ran the forestry rally for the uh, Irish Community Air Ambulance and everybody has seen the air ambulance. If you're living near the sea or near the mountains like we are, the, the air ambulance is a daily part of life. And they put together a package worth 57,000 euros for the air ambulance. And before we start the tall this weekend, we, we've Paul Nagel's 15,000 euros. Mm -hmm. And I'm fully convinced that like, we're going to be up uh, in the first six months of the year that the, the, the motor clubs and the motoring enthusiasts in County Kerry would have given in best part, if not more than 100,000 euros to local charities. But that makes us part of the community. It, you, yeah. you can't be part of the community without giving something to it. Yes. And that's exactly what we're doing. Yeah. And yes, we take a little bit from them during the summer when we're closing roads for rallies yeah. and maybe cause a little bit of inconvenience here and there. But we carry respect in the area too because we're giving so much back. That's, you know, the, you know, whenever you do go looking for the, the closed road orders and one thing or another, ah, geez, that's them boys that help, you know, with their ramblings or whatever. You know, so it's a two-way street really, isn't it? Two-way street, absolutely, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah absolutely. We're very proud of the local motorsport community and not just the motorsport community, the vintage and classic car guys are very supportive of all these kind of events yeah. as well. So, you know, just kind of, it, it just shows that the sport is, is bigger than... 150 guys racing rally cars in yeah. May and Killarney or April for the Circuit Kerry. We're part of the whole thing and that's that's what we want to be, you know. Huge, yeah, it's quite great. Yeah. And like, Sean, where would you recommend, you know, people down going to watch the event? Is there places you would recommend going to watch? Uh, absolutely. I think, the, 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 as we mentioned earlier, there's a ceremonial start uh, through the Mall in Chile Town Centre, the pedestrian area in Chile Town Centre at 9.30 next um, next Saturday morning. Uh, we're expecting that to be very busy from uh, rally fans that are coming into town for the weekend to curious locals who want to see what all the hullabaloo is about. But that's going to be a very nice place to, um, to see the, the cars up close in front. There's a couple of kind of... Uh, official or unofficial stops along the route but and there's beautiful photographic locations kind of what, what you know of the area like but uh one of the one of the um one of the main places is uh inch beach which is uh on the wild atlantic way it's a just a fantastic place to take photographs and see the the four mile stretch of golden sand out the back behind you and then you have uh the, the car these rally cars lined up there uh, Menard Castle, there's an old um, 16th century castle, I think it is, that's just in ruins by the edge of the coast. And the the 
that's a beautiful place to take photographs yeah. as well. My favourite place along the route, I think, is going to be Slayhead. It's the um, it's the most westerly stage in Europe, and the, there's a very unusual feature on the stage where the it's a, it's a carryman it's a carryman's engineering now where the the river flows over the bridge and not under the bridge. So, but there is a water splash there, and it's a well-known water splash there. There's photographs of Curly and Coleman's cars through that that yeah. splash in 1974. And with the backdrop of the Atlantic Ocean behind you, that's going to be incredible. Uh, up close and personal, I'd say get back to the Rose Hotel in Chile around uh, 4 p.m. on Saturday evening. We'll have a kind of a park expose in the council-owned car park there. And, uh, and, and and well done to Chile Municipal District Council for giving us permission to use their, their properties all over the town, including the pedestrian area and this car park to, to show these cars. So there's yeah. some, some of the highlights, but yeah. anywhere you go in West Kerry is going to be uh, spectacular scenery, spectacular uh, views yes. added in with a Manta 400 or a Group A Sierra Cosworth in the middle <laughs> of it. It's just going to be spectacular. Yes, for sure, for sure. And BD, that, like you know, we're just here uh, showing there this monster you have created. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, I would say you just can't wait to get to uh, down to Tralee now at the weekend. Yeah, of course. It's uh, it's a really beautiful area. And by the way, um, Sean was talking a lot about the the support from uh, Kerry people, but uh, when we did Deja Vu Donna, the, the support we had there, I mean, the uh, the charity we supported, they, they, they had buckets at the start and uh, various places. They collected 6,000 euros alone from those buckets. Yeah, that was the Blue Stack, the Blue Stack Foundation here all in Donegal. Of Ireland, all of Ireland's rally mad. Yeah. I, mm -hmm. I mean, I think there's probably no other country in the world that supports rally as much as, as Ireland. That's for sure. Uh, maybe Belgium, they're very, they're, yeah, so it's, um, yeah, it makes it all worthwhile. It's a lot of work, but it makes it all worthwhile when you can give something back. That's the important thing. That's, you know, that is not what it's really all about, you know. And like, yeah. if there's any other events lined up after Chile? Well, yeah, because, we, you know, we get, like everybody else, COVID changed our arrangements quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And originally we were going to have one in Westport and do all the Connemara stages. And we had to postpone that. And they were, so we we're going to... Uh, have that one at the end of September, and the headquarters will be in Westport, and we'll do a lot of the stage, famous stages like uh, Nafui and um, Alnehinch Lake, those those famous stages. And uh, we've already got 50 entries for that, so I think that'll be a big seller as well. You, you have to admire that, Sean Mayerty, man, the, you know, the enthusiasm he has for motorsport. And, you know, if you're not already subscribed to Kerry Motorsport News, I strongly advise it. And BD and, and Plum, you know, what they have done for that whole retro vibe. It's fantastic. Great to see you in the way it can travel the country and give so much money to local charities. Brilliant. Uh, starting to wrap up now, um, I suppose two results that should be noted is the claims rally last weekend there. Um, Michael McDade and Declan Casey, sixth overall and second historic. Fantastic results for the two guys. And Gary McHenney then was out co-driving in the Morocco Historic Rally and just uh, just was inside the top 10 after issues on the, I think it was the day before the last or the last day, dropped him from a very strong fourth overall, but they still finished in the top 10. So that's all from this week. So please, can you like, share, comment, tag, <laughs> do whatever it is you do. And thanks very much for listening. Take care, speak soon and bye. <laughs>